Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome to episode number 12. In this episode, we're gonna do things a little differently. Instead of covering the major headlines from the week, I wanna share some important information on a few of the topics that keep coming up over and over again. I think this information I'm about to share might be helpful moving forward. We're gonna talk about parents being undermined, the Black Lives Matter at school curriculum, and school choice. So. Headline number one, I'm going to talk about one way that parents are being undermined in schools today. I'll give one example, share some information about how some schools are creating gay straight alliance clubs or genders and sexuality clubs and changing the name of the clubs to keep them a secret from parents. Yes, this is real. Yes, it's happening. And these schools are just following orders. I'll prove it to you. The CDC has a page on their website providing information and resources on gay straight alliances and genders and sexuality alliances which they state are quote linked to positive youth development and increasing young people's sense of purpose end quote you can find the links to all of these pages in the episode description on this page the cdc gives a list of resources on how schools can start their own gay straight alliance club or genders and sexuality club one such resource is a link called quote unquote building your gsa and it's provided by the gay straight alliance network this building your gsa link provides tips and strategies on dealing with hostility and opposition so here are a few of the suggestions provided by the gsa network for dealing with opposition. Now keep in mind, this is a resource listed on the CDC's website. So suggestion number one, train the teachers to increase their understanding of LGBTQ issues. I experienced that. Suggestion number two, educate your peers because hostility is often due to ignorance. Oh, so if you oppose, then you're just ignorant. Suggestion number three, Team up with other equity and social justice clubs. So if a gay straight alliance club was going to change their name to, you know, hide their identity, the equity club or the social justice club would be a good option for them. So keep your eyes out for equity and social justice clubs at your school. Suggestion number four, find a teacher ally. Not talk to the parents, but find a teacher. So here we see the ideological wedge between parents and children. Suggestion five, have supportive teachers give out secret, unadvertised invitations. Supportive teachers who support the Gay Straight Alliance Clubs, Genders and Sexuality Clubs, they are to give out secret and unadvertised invitations to students. Suggestion number six, hold your meetings in secret locations. So let's summarize these strategies. If a gay straight alliance club wants to hide their identity, hide their meeting from teachers or parents because they don't want their students to join, here's what the gay straight alliance network is telling you to do. And this is through the CDC. 
First of all, train your teachers. Educate your ignorant peers. Call it equity and call it social justice. Talk to an ally teacher, not the parents, and have an adult teacher handpick students that they want to secretly invite to secret meetings in secret locations to talk about genders and sexuality. This is not conspiracy theory. You guys can click the links and read for yourself. So these are strategies suggested by the Gay Straight Alliance Network provided by the CDC. Yeah, the same CDC who told us when and where we were to wear masks, you know, who was essential workers and who were not. It, you know, tells you what vaccines your kids need to get. Maybe I'm being unfair, but let's take a look at what happens when schools actually follow this advice. And this is just one story. I discuss this very topic more in my book, if you're interested. So this story actually took place in the 2021-22 school year, but it has been circling social media again recently. It comes from the post-millennial. Two middle school girls in the Poudre School District in Northern Colorado attempted suicide months after they joined a secret gender and sexuality club at school. The two girls, both 12 years old at the time, joined an anime art club at school run by the school's art teacher. The parents were torn because they felt there was a lot of inappropriate material in anime, but ultimately they trusted that the school district would not use inappropriate materials, of course. Months later, both girls attempted suicide, and the parents are convinced it was the result of their girls being indoctrinated at the school's club. So it turns out that the anime art club was actually a gender and sexuality alliance club disguised as an art club. They changed the name. In one meeting, the art club members were given a presentation on transgenderism from an outside group. In one early meeting, the students were told that if they were uncomfortable in their bodies, then that means they're transgender. The presenters went on to say that trans students are more likely to kill themselves, recommended puberty blockers and medications for gender dysphoria, were told to keep it a secret from their families because families aren't safe, and they encouraged students to be friends with them on social media. In a presentation before the school board, one mother said, quote, Our daughter's confusion did lead to her becoming suicidal. She left us a suicide note. I thank God every day that she broke the rules and talked to us about the club meeting that day and what she was feeling. I believe that if the school district had pulled off the secret gender transition, my girl would not be alive today, end quote. She finished by saying, quote, how many more kids will you cause harm to? How many more families will you break? How many more children threaten to take their own lives before you stop this hypersexualization and secret gender transition of our children, end quote. So remember, this wasn't just one isolated incident where one art teacher at one school in the middle of the country acted on their own. As I outlined already and provided the sources, these are practices given by the Gay Straight Alliance Network and provided by the CDC. And these actions are justified by these groups as being, quote, linked to positive youth development in increasing young people's sense of purpose, end quote. That's how they describe it. In my own teacher training at Chicago Public Schools, one training graphic stated that 
heterosexual adults are guilty of using, blaming, and minimizing children. It's said that heterosexual adults and homeowners use the LGBTQ community and economically abuse the LGBTQ community. So if you're a teenager, particularly a teenage girl, because girls are always the victim of abuse, always the victim of intimidation and threats from boys, according to my training, and you're told that you're transgender and are taught that adults, especially straight adults, will use you and abuse you, then what are you supposed to think? No wonder these girls were confused and depressed. No wonder feelings of hopelessness and sadness and depression are at all-time highs. Parents, if your kids are in school, beware of any gay-straight alliance club, genders and sexuality club, equity club, social justice club, or some obscure new club. Get yourself into these club meetings and put an end to this secrecy and put an end to the sexualization of kids. Headline number two is about Marxism, the Black Lives Matter organization, and how ideologies can be taught during special weeks or special programs at school that take place throughout the year. This story comes from Fox News. Schools around the country recently celebrated Black History Month by using the Black Lives Matter at School Toolkit, which includes the Black Lives Matter Week of Action. The Virginia Teachers Union and the Chicago Teachers Union are just two examples of teacher groups using the Black Lives Matter curriculum to promote elements of critical race theory. Keep in mind that Black Lives Matter is an organization founded by self-described trained Marxists. And the curriculum they provide is overtly Marxist. Some of the lessons in the Black Lives Matter at School Toolkit teach students how to become political activists, how to support the Black Lives Matter movement, to affirm trans people, and how to, quote, liberate yourself from your oppressors, end quote. The BLM at School curriculum has 13 guiding principles. Here are just three of those principles. Number one, BLM is queer affirming. They say, quote, we are committed to fostering a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, end quote. Principle number two, BLM is trans affirming. They say, quote, doing the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk especially black trans women, end quote. This is what BLM is all about. This is what's in schools. Principle number three, BLM believes in black villages. They say, quote, we are committed to disrupting the Western prescribed nuclear family structure to the extent that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable, end quote. They say mothers, parents, and children. Notice they left out fathers. So they say straight up they want to disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. Husband, wife, child, mother, father, child. They want to disrupt that. And they leave fathers out entirely. So in Virginia's case, Governor Youngkin's administration opposes any curriculum like this that promotes critical race theory. They call it politically driven and divisive. On the other hand, those that want to teach critical race theory argue that they're just trying to achieve racial justice and trying to give an accurate portrayal of America's past. 
In Chicago, there's no opposition to this curriculum at all. It's heavily promoted, and I've seen it firsthand. On the Chicago Teachers Union website, they highlight four demands as a result of the BLM week of action. Demand number one, it says, end zero tolerance discipline. So if there's a fight at school, if there's violence at school, no problem. No one's kicked out because we don't have a zero tolerance policy. Students just get to go back to class and fight again and again and again. Demand number two, mandate black history and ethnic studies. In my opinion, American history and world history include all races and all ethnicities. So what's that word again for when one race is promoted over other races? Hmm. Demand number three, hire more black teachers. But what if there happens to be more qualified teachers who aren't black? Do actual qualifications matter or just skin color? Seems like just skin color. Demand number four, fund counselors, not cops. Of all the major cities in America, Chicago does not need to defund the police. I live here. My home has been robbed. Funding counselors instead of cops is an insult. It's a joke. During the BLM Week of Action, Chicago schools participated in a webinar about reimagining safety in schools and, quote, to center and support unapologetically black lives, end quote. First of all, why would anyone apologize for being black? Unapologetically black lives? So this sends a message that black people are being forced to apologize for being black, which of course would be wrong and dumb and pointless. So by making this a point of emphasis, supporting unapologetically black lives, they create this enemy, this group of people who are out there demanding that black people apologize for being black. It's just creating enemies. It's division. Remember, BLM was founded by self-described Marxists. One goal of Marxism is to disrupt or destroy systems and institutions of oppression. So for any of this to work, you've got to be oppressed first. So any issue you have is not your fault. Rather, it's your oppressor's fault. For example, if you have crime issues, which Chicago definitely does, it's because of zero tolerance policies and too many cops and not enough counselors. So if you're a teacher or parent in the public and private schools, pay close attention to these special weeks and these special programs throughout the year. You have to look into them and actually see what they're promoting. Headline number three is about the issue of school choice and vouchers, whether or not they're a good thing for homeschoolers. Uh, this comes from KUTV.com. Many parents in Utah are calling for more government oversight for homeschoolers that use vouchers to prevent dangerous and harmful ideologies from being taught. So what exactly is considered dangerous and harmful? And who gets to decide that? It's probably the people handing out the tax dollars, <clears throat> the government. This story goes directly to the heart of the issue of school choice for homeschoolers. Utah's voucher system has only been in place for a short period of time, a few months, I believe. But already, people are calling for more government oversight and more government control. This is the consistent pattern for government. Establish a law or a government program, and then little by little, remove individual liberties and replace them with more government oversight. Personally, 
I don't support school choice for homeschooling because I don't want government oversight in my home. However, for those families who are 100% staying in public schools for whatever reason, they'll never leave public schools, they'll never homeschool, I think school choice and vouchers is a better option for them as opposed to the traditional setup. Generally speaking, most homeschoolers do not support school choice, whether that be in the form of tax credits, ESAs, or in this case, vouchers. For homeschoolers, the fear is that government, as it always does, will overstep and use school choice to remove the autonomy of homeschoolers, little by little, and eventually move into their home and dictate what can and cannot be taught to your children. I've discussed school choice in previous episodes and have provided resources that you should check out for yourself, so I'll do the same now. If you wanna learn more about school choice or vouchers, check out the links that I've shared in this episode's description. And that's all I have for you this week. You guys take care.